I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. And we love to watch. We love to watch wants to note Blake's rule 340. Never fuck the wife of a guy named Bubba the Love Sponge. You memorized all the rules? <laughs> Every last rule. They're so... Here's, let me tell you what I like about the rules. They're insightful. Yeah. They are original. The writers took a long time to come up with them. And most importantly, and I think they they, they play a role throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really, they're really crucial. The whole movie pins on it. Um, and even if they weren't, they're comedy gold. Their comedy gold. This, yeah, this movie's great, and this month it's going to be great because uh, where we love to watch, we're a movie podcast. We pick a theme, we do movies over the course of the month around that theme, and if we remember, we compare and contrast. We're in our first week of a whole new month. Our first repeat Christmas theme. We're peating again, as you like to say. So, like, re- maybe too often. Yeah, yeah. How um, often do you peat? Um, when I'm watching again. the Adventures of Pete and Pete. Uh, twice per annum. <laughs> the problem with doing this on video is that, like, you rubbed your head as I said that, like, I don't have time for this bit. <laughs> like, like I'm not interested in this bit. It's, let's get into the meat of it. And we do need to get into the meat of it, because it's, a, it's, there's a lot of meat! We need to, we need to get in the meat of it. We need to talk about the, all of the details okay, of Hulk Hogan's suit this, against Gawker yeah, and need, Bubba the Love Sponge. We revisit the whole thing. Uh, no, we're, so we're doing Curse Christmas, which for us is there's so many good Christmas movies. There's even more just terrible. And like, to be clear, the, the, the pipeline oil reserve of bad Christmas movies has only hit an like – exponential infinite number now that like every year there's 80 new lifetime hallmark good american i mean you literally cannot keep up with the amount of christmas garbage and cursed christmas that is getting spewed out i i don't know how they make all those because even if you were a like whether ironically or legitimately love those movies which there must be an audience for how could you keep up with it like they're doing like Spooktober, you know, where they're watching like new to me Christmas movies. Like, there's a hundred plus released every November, December now. Like, it is insane. Like, I watched a trailer last night called Kiwi Christmas. Yeah. And the plot is what if Santa got sick of it all and moved to New Zealand? I mean, great. I mean, it's, it, it is amazing. Like, how many of these are produced, but there used to be a time we like to go back to a simpler time. When you had to, you know, get a studio, get a get a theater distribution deal, and then release your complete garbage Christmas movie <laughs> out, and so that we're doing we're doing Curse Christmas. We're starting. Um, uh, we'll get to the movie we're starting with today. Later this month, we're going to do Home Alone Two: Lost in New York, a movie I actually legitimately love, but is definitely the quintessential cursed Christmas uh, movie. It's a movie I, I, I loved as a kid, and every year I like it less and less. 
we're doing Fred Claus, uh, which in a long list of Cursed Christmas movies, um, our guest said, I need to talk about Fred Claus, a movie I only half remember. And then this isn't a movie. We have to do it. Some of you guys may have heard on the news that Tim Allen has a new TV series. Uh, and oh. he's, he's fighting the woke war on Christmas. And uh, by doing an eight episode stint on a, the, I think it's called the Santa Clauses. The Santa Clauses. I have watched the first episode. You watched the first episode? Yeah. How is it? It's pretty good. Was it? I kind of like it. Yeah. I, mean, I was laughing. I was I, laughing a lot. The cast is great. Well, it's the ca- it's it's the cast. From yeah, the but but the new people are good too. Okay. The new people are good too. Um, yeah. But yeah, I like it. And there is right in the pilot or whatever the first episode. Um, right in there, they do have a, a war on Christmas joke. I know it was uh, in the news. It's getting problematic to say Merry Christmas <laughs> after a bunch of like pretty savvy, pretty good sitcom jokes. They just dropped that in there, and I was like, "Did Tim Allen demand Is this?" It, I'm sure it was in his contract. Yeah, but the but the the worst politics in our dumbest boomer that is still somewhat lovable. Tim Allen dropped a new <laughs> Santa Claus episode. He was making me laugh. Routinely, every he is three legitimately to five like we we talked about this because we did the three Santa Claus uh, movies. You and I are fans of the series; we really are. It's not a joke. We like the series quite a bit, and uh, this is not a Gallagher situation. And like Galaxy, even even if you don't like the Santa Claus stuff, like Galaxy Quest proves that Tim Allen is a very good comedic actor. He's not a good stand-up comic. He's not a good uh, thinker. But he's he, not a good friend to his fellow cocaine dealers. No, no, very much not. Um, but he is a very funny actor. So we're going to be doing all those. We may have a few Christmas surprises here and there, uh, as as is our want during this uh, Yuletide season. But we're going to start out with our last pick. We we we. There's so many options, as we said. And Peter read me part of the plot description for this pitch to do it. And I'm like, stop pitching. Clearly, we're going to do this movie. I don't think even with all those words you said, reading the a quick couple sentences of the Wikipedia summary, prepared us for how insane this movie is and how like poorly thought out is. It's Santa with Muscles, a movie that I was convinced halfway through that there was no way this went to theaters. I'm like, oh, this must have been a straight-to-video movie. It's, it wasn't. It went to theaters. It did terribly in theaters. It uh, it didn't crack a quarter of a million dollars. So for all you box office nerds probably know this, but in case you you, you don't follow that kind of stuff, that's uh, fucking abysmal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and in and, an era an era when children's movies were raking in big bucks. And, and Hulk Hogan had been in... Uh, a couple of hits. Um, Suburban Commando was a was a modest hit for an independent New Line Cinema release in the early nineties. Uh, Mister Nanny, which is one of those great uh, movie pitches, where like, what if a guy took care of children? Like, you know, <laughs> we talk about the genre all the time. The, the Mister Mom category, yeah. the, the 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 pacifier category. I want to do a whole month of that bullshit. Well, yeah, what if what if a guy made sure living human beings that they're fifty percent partially responsible for creating didn't die? Uh, you know, crazy hijinks uh. assume uh, ensue. Um, what if a man didn't immediately abandon his obligations to the children that he decided to have? Yeah. Well, I mean, theoretically, he is a nanny, but I mean, I mean, I'm assuming he's not. 
maybe it's like a kindergarten kindergarten cop situation, but I'm assuming he's applied for the job. He is in some way saying that I am <clears throat> I am able to take care of these kids. And the funny part is, is that he is a big man. Yeah, yeah he's very he's large. larger than normal men. Yeah, he is larger. But I mean, maybe it's a nanny thing like a like when you are out with your children and somebody says to you good naturedly. Like, oh, you're babysitting today? And you're like, these are my fucking kids. He's like, I'm Mr. Nanny. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm you say, I, I'm, actually, I'm, actually, I'm actually the nanny I'm here. actually the nanny. Mr. I, Mr. Nanny, if you're, yes. if you're nasty. <laughs> I'm the manny. I'm the manny. Uh, yeah, so uh, so he was in some hits. Uh, he also was maybe the most popular wrestler in the world. I read a little bit of his, um, of just his, like, bi- a quick biography on Wikipedia, like, because, I mean, I do remember Hulk Hogan being, like, I was never all that into wrestling, but a lot of my friends were. And this is, like, you know, elementary school, second, third grade. So, you're talking about, like, 91, 92, where, like, there, there's still the only wrestlers I basically know of, like, Jake the Snake and The Undertaker. And when wrestling was kind of becoming huge and, you know, kids had toys that we all played with. And, um, you know, even though I didn't watch the actual wrestling – um. I was very aware of the characters and and knew that Hulk Hogan was the best. Like I I would have said I liked Hulk Hogan and Hulk Hogan was also somewhat omnipresent in 1991, 1992, but but yeah, I mean he was he was huge in the wrestling. He like won the WrestleMania stuff and a few other things and like still holds the record for like the most pay-per-view. And I think a match with the, I want to say the Undertaker but he was he was huge, and I, he was still somewhat huge in 1996. I don't think he was at the height of his fame. This is after he had left the uh, the WWF. It was called the time he went to WCW, and I think he became a bad guy, Hollywood Hogan or something. He did a he did a yeah the Hollywood Hulkster. He did a he did a heel turn at some point, and then a heel turn back. But that was all sort of like as his career was more or less circling the yeah. drain. It took a very long time to circle the drain. Um, but, but I, I think ninety six. It was on the way like, out. He was he was vying for relevance, and he was like, "Why not? Why not be a bad guy?" It's the wall that people like John Cena and The Rock used to run into, which is like eventually people want new new meat, right? Yeah, like when when The Rock is doing stuff like the Tooth Fairy or the Game Plan, which is, I mean, the Game Plan, as far as I understand it, is a what if The Rock took care of a child and taught him sports. Uh, it, it felt like those people were going to run into the same stuff, and then somehow they've kind of pushed past it, past it to this uh, mega fame. Um, but yeah, ninety six. I would I wouldn't say he's definitely at the height, but he he feels like he should be doing more than this movie, and he should be doing more than a quarter million dollars total at a at the box office for a like a at a time when you got one or two Christmas movies a year. Yeah, um, and you you have a very just to interrupt you really quickly. Yeah, yeah. you have a um, this is one of the scenarios where you have a generational perspective that I don't have. Yeah, because I, I never watched wrestling growing up. I didn't. I I knew nothing about Hulk Hogan except for as like a pop culture joke, basically. Um, well, yeah, because you nev- would have been at the age that I was aware of him as a wrestler, like ten. You would probably known him most for a VH1 reality show or something, right? Yes, like Hogan yes, was best. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and I I didn't watch that show, so like really, I think this is the first Hulk Hogan movie I have seen, beginning to end, and this I, is probably the first Hulk Hogan thing I've seen beginning to end. Um, I 
honestly, that might be true of me, too. Like, he was in a ton of, like, kids' Saturday morning commercials and, like, you know, like, don't do drugs, like, videos we watched in school. But even though I really wanted to see Suburban Commando, cause, and mainly because it had a trailer in front of the Ninja Turtles 2 VHS, so I saw the trailer over and over. I never saw – I still haven't seen to this day Suburban Commando. I didn't see Mr. Nanny. I, I, I think maybe Rocky 2 when I was 20. He's in. I think he's in Rocky Two, or maybe he's in Rocky Three. Yeah, I think I've seen Rocky Two, and I don't remember. remember maybe him, I think he might be in Rocky Three, but I, I think that might be the only Hulk Hogan thing I've seen. I have to go through his filmography, but I mean, I was very aware of him. He was he was a very like omnipresent cultural icon, but I didn't like see Hulk Hogan movies, and I I don't think I was aware of this existing too much. Like besides I, video store stuff. Yeah, so I mostly, like, learned as much as I ever learned about Hulk Hogan um, while we were – I was looking up uh, information about him for this. And then, whatever, five years ago when I started reading about the Gawker shit, or I guess almost seven years ago at yeah. this point. Because uh, with the help of a billionaire and um, right-wing billionaire and uh, youth blood enthusiast Peter Thiel uh, brought yeah. down Gawker for yeah. posting like a 90-second se- uh, clip of his sex tape and leaving a description of it. Yeah. Um, and so I, oddly enough, I'm mostly familiar with Hulk Hogan as an enemy to the First Amendment. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this movie does not make a good case for there being a First Amendment. We should have more censorship to keep this kind of stuff out of people's hands. Uh, uh, agreed. Um, like, the same way they should really keep a bazooka out of Clint Howard's police force's hand. <laughs> so his filmography is actually lighter than I would have guessed. So he's in Rocky Three. He plays Thunderlips, of course. Um, no Holds Barred, which I haven't seen. Um, is, is Thunderlips Donkey Lips' his cousin? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's also posting six-minute video game rants. <laughs> uh, uh, he's he's in No Holds Barred, which I haven't seen. Um He's in Gremlins 2, obviously, is the cameo that, like, you you know, which obviously I have seen. Um, that would be that would be the first time I probably I probably saw him and probably the only movie I've seen him in. And then he, he's in Suburban Commando, which I haven't seen. Mr. Nanny, which I haven't seen. Thunder in Paradise, which I haven't seen. Uh, Spy Hard, <clears throat> uh, which I have seen, but I don't remember him as a cameo in there. And I have noted before on the show that Spy Hard was the f- – I saw it in theaters and I'm like, oh, Leslie Nielsen can make really bad movies. Like his his shtick doesn't always work just because he's Leslie Nielsen. Uh, <clears throat> and then he does a movie called Secret Agent Club I've never heard of. Santa with Muscles. Two years later does Three Ninjas a High Noon at Mega Mountain, which I never saw. And then a cameo in Muppets from Space, which I have seen. Like that's basically it. So he doesn't have like a long storied uh, movie career even like some of these other guys. He obviously has a – bigger tv career besides even um he was in a i guess thunder in paradise which was a tnt basic cable show that i never watched that lasted for a season so i mean yeah you he was an omnipresent cultural force but his big movie swings were mr nanny suburban commando and this basically yeah this didn't go anywhere yeah, and, and and I think watching the movie makes a pretty good argument for him not having a career in film. It it is fairly ba- his screen per- persona is fairly baffling. Um, it's incredibly bad. It, the, the the I understand it that wrestling the on the stage. Charismatic performance yeah. I've ever seen. 
I mean, but the, the, I understand the wrestling on the stage versus wrestling on a um, or you know doing acting on a on film is very different. Um, you're managing your energy is a whole different ball game, right? Like it's not about coming out and doing the big live performance in front of everybody that you've you know practiced. It's it's about coming out and doing take after take after take and making sure effect shots work off. Like maybe you know like. Um, he just needed to be properly coached and like what sort of effort he needed to give, but he's like mumbly and quiet and he has no, he has no charisma. As you know, he, he has no real um, ability to impart any emotional impact in a way that like, I was expecting this to be embarrassing because he hammed it up too much. Yeah. Instead, he, he's, he's too, he's too tired to ham it up. It's like, he's, Okay, so there's a thing, well, right? Well, also, if you're, on, if you're to, a movie to star, that, to add to that quick, so many of the takes, I don't know, this is definitely an editing problem, too, but, like, it's like he couldn't remember a line to save his life, but, like, the movie lets him remember it. So, like, someone will say something to Hulk Hogan, and Hulk Hogan will look off screen like he's written lines somewhere, and then, yeah. And then, I mean, you're doing facial expressions that don't translate well to the podcast, but it's very, I mean, it's correct. It's accurate. <laughs> um, but, and then he'll like, so they'll be like, hey, Santa, are you working at the North Pole? And then there's like silence for 10 seconds. He doesn't look at the character. He looks to like a blank wall and then is like, yeah, I work at the North Pole. And it's like, why didn't you edit the T- tighten the timing? Like, he clearly has not memorized his lines or is having trouble or has no energy or is coked out of his mind and he only comes over. I don't know, but, like, you are basically letting him, like, read a line out loud while you just wait. Like, I've never seen so many pauses before someone responds to things than I have in this movie. And it is baffling. Yeah, yeah. And, like... I get the appeal. I watched a few of his like wrestling clips and I like get the appeal of like this big brash almost parody of masculinity, but it's all in service to be a good guy. Like I get why kids would fall in love with this big ridiculous figure and he he does like just physically look very strange and he's got the big handlebar mustache, blonde Whoa, hold hair, on. like he doesn't have a handlebar mustache. Not in this, but I mean when he's wrestling. Yeah. Um, he looked, that's the thing he looked, I'm not trying to like make fun of someone's looks, but he does a makeover from the classic Hulk Hogan. He has a short haircut. He gets rid of his classic, like full mullet where he's bald on top and then has the crazy hair and he gets rid of his handlebar mustache and he trims it to like a respectable shorter mustache. And then he has like a, I don't like, like a haircut like you have right now, basically. And it's like, he doesn't look like Hulk Hogan. No, he looks like nobody. He looks like nobody. And that's the thing. Nobody is really what he's getting across here because like, okay, so there's that special movie star persona (laughs) thing that like, is the reason why, it's the reason why Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger were allowed to be in so many movies before they became talented dramatic actors i guess stallone started strong and then kind of just got kind of lazy as an actor um but i guess but 
Schwarzenegger was like a bad actor. He's like pretty bad in Running Man, and then he like gets better over the course of his career. And that's because they have natural movie star persona. They have the ability to stand and make a face, and that face is communicating everything that their next stilted line reading will not communicate. Well, their like, line, hold they up, can their do line readings are stilted, but they're giving a hundred and ten percent. Like the running, like. Arnold Schwarzenegger's line readings are bad in The Running Man and some of his earlier work, but he still is like, you know, you're going to get iced. Like it's, you know, it's 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 giving that energy. Stallone's the same way. Like if you see something like Rocky, which I do think is a good performance, like those scenes where he's like emotional or Rambo when he's like, are you and the joke is like you can't understand what he's saying because he's not enunciating and he's, you know, not again, not the best actor in the world. But you do, like, the end of First Blood, you feel like that's a broken man who's lost. It's like, he conveys... It's tapped they, into something inside of you. They're, conve- they're conveying emotions, even if the dialogue is ham-fisted. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what makes Rocky and First Blood feel yeah. like great, great movies. Yeah. Uh, even though, you know, that the, the, some of the acting is is um, fairly, like, naive or yeah. amateurish, right? Um. But Hulk, like, he just, like, you take away the handlebar mustache, you take away the do-rag, you take away the sunglasses, you take away the distinctive haircut, you take away uh, his ability to just constantly posture on stage, and you're left with nothing. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. He's also then, like very confused the whole movie, which doesn't help either, because, like, he's not playing aggressive like, oh, or aggrieved. Oh, or, oh, oh I'm so I again? confused. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> Um, and this movie, like, here's the thing, like, the pitch for this movie on paper makes sense. What if Santa was jacked? Most yeah. Santa's not jacked. They're actually known as, like, that's kind of a thing about Santa. There's a lot of fat shaming that goes on when it comes to our perception, historical perception of Santa. Yeah, um, true. I mean, he, the, the thing about Santa, though, is, like, regardless of what the culture thinks of him, he is a, he's a jolly soul. Yeah. It's in the text, he's a jolly soul. He's not going to be shamed by anything that you say about his body. His body, Santa's beautiful. And yeah. And Miss Claus loves him. The reindeer love him. The elves love him. Yeah. It's okay he that he's yeah. not the strongest guy in the world. And, and to, to mark there, Santa Claus is kind of the exception to fat phobia, right? Because not yeah. only is he beloved by people all around the world. All around the world. But there are multiple horny Christmas songs about wanting to fuck Santa. Oh, There's, yeah. I can think of at least five. You know, Santa Baby is always very creepy to me. Yeah. Because she's like, I'm a baby. I'm going to call you Santa Baby. And then I'm going to make an entire song about fucking you. I mean, that's because, I mean, a lot of people, men or women or non-binary, their love language is gifts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If your love language is gifts, who's going to make you hornier than Santa? His whole job is gifts, Peter. Yeah. Yeah. He has and, for nothing re- for in return that I'm aware. And, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he just asks for you to be a good boy or girl. Yeah, but like not after he gives the gifts. Then you can be a little piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> you can be a little stinker after that. Yeah, it's like he gives and then you're off the hook. Yeah, and if, unless you have, also unless you have like tattoos, if you have tattoos, also um, you yeah, don't well, get gifts. Yeah, I mean, not that year. Not that year. I mean, it's not like a good thing to do. <laughs> you know, I don't have a problem with it, Peter, but it's like, you know, I think we can agree it's not a good thing to do. I would feel bad 
I hope about just this. Hold on. I hope everyone who listens to this watches that show. Or they're yeah. going to be like, we're going to get a weird iTunes review that said. <laughs> we're anti-tattooists. We're anti-tattooists and they shouldn't get Christmas presents. Yeah. I, I, uh, I would feel bad about just reciting I think you should leave bits. But literally every podcast that I've listened to has done that in the past two years. So yeah, I think it's it fine. Was, it's our chance. Santa says it's fine. Yeah. That's his quote. That's his quote. That's his quote. That means he's got. They still got to pay Hulk Hogan pay two million dollars. Even if he does a bad job. Even if he does a bad job. That's one of those skits that the first time I watched it, I was like, "Oh, this one's fine." And then it became one of my favorites, which is I, that show's I so good. To, I watched it this week because I was like, it, "I was like the old guy is Santa in that, right?" That's the bit. And then I rewatched it, and I was like crying laughing at the best the best line is when he shoots a guy and he says he says everything sucked lately I'm glad that you get to see me move my spit take away from my computer um i just recently watched that at one too on a plane and i was dying laughing and i forgot how gory that trailer is too so i was like watching it on my iPhone, and I think there was like a kid next to me. There's more squibs in Detective Crashmore than there are in the actual John Wick movies now. Yeah, so um, yeah, the 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 concept here is that, like I said, Santa's jacked. He's got big old meat paws. Like the thing about like I like here's the thing about wrestlers, and again, this is not I'm not trying to body shame anyone. Most of them are are known as being like big, imposing figures right they're not always known for being like like when i see andre the giant or many other wrestlers of the era i'm not like that guy's cut that guy's got a lot of muscles you you think that guy is a human monster yeah non-judgmentally and could crush me because he's yeah, not he's, ethically he's a, a monster i mean he's he, his name was andre the giant because people could go and go could look at him and go that man is a giant that man is a like a myth of old giant man and that's what you think of when you think of wrestlers i don't think necessarily immediately about their muscles now again now john cena you know the rock Modern era, I do think it's more focused on muscles, but then they were just kind of big, big dudes, you know? Yeah, they were, uh, just, so they fun- were just like, they were imposing. They were imposing. Gor- gor- they were closer to a, a gorilla than a chimpanzee. Yeah, I, I mean, let's say that we just watched the Planet of the Apes movies, and that's why you're <laughs> using that analogy and not for some other weird reason. Yeah, um, I but, got bananas uh, on the brain. <laughs> We we did go bananas just last month. It's, yeah, you can't just come out of going bananas. <laughs> now it's not a lot of therapy. This guy's got muscles. Santa has muscles. He's jacked. He's ready to go. And I was hoping that he became Santa. I mean, that's, I I thought it was going to be like this is two years after the Santa Claus. This movie's pedigree did not seem above ripping off the the Santa Claus two years later and saying that this guy with muscles becomes the actual Santa Claus and then he's doing crazy Santa Claus things with muscles like yeah. lifting up. I don't need the reindeer. I'm going to, you know, like he's just a strong actual Santa Claus. And I was excited for that because that sounded like a fun dumb Christmas movie. What we got was so much weirder 
And also, and I hate saying this, like this is why this will not be like a favorite cursed Christmas movie. It's both completely bizarre, completely off the wall, written by someone that likely actually did a bunch of quaaludes and helped produce the script because it's produced by Jordan Belfort. Yeah. Um, Really. Um, the movie does. The movie does feel like a Quaalude dash cocaine uh, yeah. binge, or and also at the same time a way to launder money, unsuccessfully. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe to write <laughs> off a lot of bad debt. Um, but even though it is like bonkers cocaine from a plot perspective, it is so low energy Jeb that it's it is so boring. Jeb. It's so boring. Like it is like if Jeb Bush had a bunch of cocaine and wrote a movie. Like yeah. it would be off the wall, but also not that imaginative and also incredibly boring. <laughs> like <laughs> this is Jeb Bush cocaine wet dream of a Christmas movie. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Put it on the poster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh when you're watching when you're watching this movie, it's very easy to recall back and be like all of this has happened already. There's magic. There's a magic gem cave below the orphanage that the bad guys are trying there's to blow X-Men. up. There's yeah, there's X Men. There's basically an X Men group of villains that a, a Ed Bagley Jr. is leading as a germaphobic scientist. Like, there's, there's like, I can say all that, and you'll be like, I have to see this movie, and I assure yeah. you, you don't, um, you don't. because it's the really actual. Boring. It is. It is. It is so much about the energy and the vigor and the confidence that you take into into that ridiculousness um because this has this has this like sort of lackadaisical not in a particular hurry not particularly concerned about being funny kind of energy of a late earnest movie or a lot of like just straight to video children's movies that like um I, I would grow up with and, like, my dad would rent on accident. <laughs> yeah. All the, I mean, th- there was tons of those. I still remember one very specifically that was, like, once again, fooled by Leslie Nielsen. There was a movie called Rent-A-Kid that I rented <laughs> straight to vision. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Groomers, watch out. Um, <laughs> the rights were right. Um, no, but it was it had Christopher Lloyd, I think, and, and, and you know, I like the Back to the Future movies and I had Leslie Nielsen. I'm like, this is going to be great. This this service that rents out kids to fool people like reasons you need to and these and it was the word you know it's just like there's not a joke in the movie and even as like in my kid brain was like this is this is terrible this this is one of those movies where like on paper as you said if you read the plot which is what hooked me into watching in the first place like you'd be like oh my god this is gonna be nuts and it's Hulk Hogan this is so stupid like this is gonna be the greatest fun watch and I do see like a world where. Me, you, and Ryan or someone watching this, like, in a shared communal experience could have had fun with this movie, cracking a few jokes and stuff like that. Because there's definitely enough silent spots to get all the jokes that you'd ever need in because (laughs) there's a lot of just sitting. Um, But it is definitely not, like – like, even when we watch, like, Christmas with the Cranks, which is a terrible movie, it's a very enjoyable, terrible movie. Yeah. Because every choice is so baffling, but they're going at it with, like, you know, 100%. We got Tim Allen in a Christmas – we're going hard for this is a big Christmas movie, and it's so bafflingly terrible that it's enjoyable to sit and watch. You have your Christmas tree. You have a glass of eggnog. It's stupid fun. 
and this it is stumbles just into something that that works yeah. because you know it hits the correct buttons in the right order sometimes this is it's like a, a, a broken clock is right twice a day kind of thing yeah this doesn't like work as a movie which is why i was so convinced it was straight to video because of how little effort went into it besides just people writing down hey what if this person i don't know has electric fingers like it's and like, what do you do with that? I don't know. Occasionally, it matters. Like, it's 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 nothing. Yeah, yeah. The also because it is a kids' movie, they feel, it feels like they're very scared of there being anything approaching an actual fight in the movie. So you have a guy who's known as a wrestler who doesn't get to uh, bark back and forth between other wrestlers like various threats and one-liners and do the Rowdy Roddy Piper thing. No, he also doesn't really get to do wrestling. Uh, he gets to do it for about 30 seconds in the opening, and then when we get to the finale, everybody kind of goes gets dispatched pretty easily. I mean, and there's like, he, it's, you have Hulk Hogan, and they, like, dispatch bad guys by doing the, like, I'm hiding behind the door, and then I push the door forcefully, and the guy falls down. Like, yeah. that, I mean, that, like, could be a, that could be, like, a three ninja, this is how a kid gets back. Like, what, why does Hulk Hogan need to save the orphanage? Isn't that... Yeah, wait, hold on. Isn't that, like, the John McClane thing, right? Is that John McClane is not Arnold Schwarzenegger, so he needs to use little tricks to jumping the bu- bucket of water on the electrified guy to kill him. Um, very funny. Very funny that we, we watched a movie right after... We, we're starting this month, as we started last month, with somebody holding, like, an electrical weapon and then getting doused with water and it killing them. Well, I mean, the, he was it was an electric man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let me tell you, Peter. I, yeah, I Malfoy got that. I, I don't know if you had any experience, like, being an electric man. <laughs> Your worst nemesis all day, every day is going to be water. It's really, like, <laughs> if you're going to be an electric man, stay grounded. Yeah, it's really sad when you're on, like, a road trip and someone's like, hey, do you want to pull over and see this waterfall? And you're like, I'll stay in the car. I love, like... That his weakness was the same as the Wicked Witches from Wizard of Oz. Which is just like, <laughs> if water goes on him, he's going to die. <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> like, which works well if you're a witch that's in a tower in a fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Less so if you're just prowling about... I mean, there's snow on the ground, right? Like, I'm assuming that yeah. could get you. Yeah. I mean, most people. I don't know have if to there's snow on the ground. I think this takes place where there's absolutely no snow, which gives me <laughs> yeah. those vibes. Um, this movie takes place in Palm Springs, and they yeah. don't do any like ironic California Christmas stuff. I'm ninety five percent sure it's Palm Springs. Um, they don't do any ironic Christmas Christmas in California stuff, which I usually love as somebody who like uh, like lives in California. Like mix, and- the mixed nuts thing. Yeah, like do something, do something to kind of make because mixed nuts sucks. But like they do have a few funny visual gags where like a guy is wearing a Santa suit and it looks it's like ninety five degrees out and yeah. he's like sweating and lugging a Christmas tree. Like the people trying to pretend like they have their East Coast and Midwest Christmas in when it's like ninety degrees out, which very often happens in in Southern California. Um, is is like a funny weird thing like a lot of people didn't grow up in Southern California so they have this like TV expectation of what Christmas is because that's what they grew up with or that's what yeah. they saw on TV and then they uh, <laughs> they're like I need a pine tree in my house and you're like buddy it's fine like yeah. let's not get ridiculous here this doesn't even make jokes on it there's like a couple shots with like palm trees in the background and some mountains and it's completely it, it serves absolutely no purpose well because it mostly takes place in a mall 
<laughs> and then two houses. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I assume one of them was Jordan Belfort's house. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and then there's an Not orphanage. Zero. And then, of course, the the Magic Crystal Cave. And those are like the which four was Jordan Belfort's Magic Crystal Cave, which you all remember from The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, uh, uh, there's Matt, a forty minute sequence in there. Matt Singer had a very. We'll talk about the Crystal Cave and how that child slavery plays quite a lot in the plot. <laughs> Matt uh, Matt Singer had a hilarious uh, letterbox review that said that uh, plea to to petition Martin Scorsese to remake Wolf of Wall Street with more focus on the making of sand with muscles. <laughs> Uh, and I would, I would see that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the the other thing that's that's kind of notable about this movie is that it's Mila Kunis's first movie. There, the movie the is in this movie. The movie has a fairly stocked cast. I gotta say, for what is arguably one of the worst movies I've ever seen, it's, and it's, does I couldn't even give it a half a star. Like I did the no, this is a star. Yeah. No one think this is potentially good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't get confused. Don't get it. As they say online, don't get it twisted. Do not um, get it twisted. Um, but Mila Kunis is in this movie. And it's is, the first movie. And is, you know, as as charming as any any child actor can be, right? But she is... She she has the, the distinct... Um, the distinct uh, shame uh, of... Um, being like a cute twee kid in this movie and out acting Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> like she is giving, she is giving quite a bit uh, in a very, in a way that like, I'm like, Oh, can she be the lead of the movie? Yeah. I mean, her scenes are where like, she says something to Hulk Hogan and Hulk Hogan stares at the refrigerator for 10 seconds. And then's like, Sure, little girl. It's like, oh, this is unwatchable. It's unwatchable. Um, it, yeah, it's, 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 really, it's really a jab. There's also Garrett Morris, SNL. Oh, yeah, alum. Garrett Morris. Uh, Ed Begley Jr. is the bad guy, the evil scientist, of course. Ed Begley Jr. had a very just rough rough run of movies for a long time. Uh, he's also in another. Thank God like, he, found, he refound Christopher Guest. Yes. He yeah. had uh, one of the um, another movie that I, I found incredibly unwatchable, uh, Transylvania Six Five Thousand. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, when you're he, what he's a C-list star. Like I love Ed Bigley Jr., but especially in the '90s, he's probably like. I mean, this is the kind of movie that he's in. He's making money doing it. He's, you know, he at least can read lines. I guess is the best I can say. Yeah, and and uh, it has a Star Trek alum in it too. Robin Curtis, uh, Clint Howard, Clint Howard. Wait, who is Rob? Robin Curtis was was one of the. She's Savic right? in um in Star Trek. Three, I know, uh, yeah, Spock. I know that. I know who she is in Peter. Didn't haven't we talked enough about how I had all the books? And <laughs> I know Robin Curtis. Listen, thank you so much. I, I was making sure the audience understood that I was. I've been paying attention. Yeah, if they made a sequel to this, Christy Alley would play. <laughs> I, th- I I think a modern day Christie Alley would be perfect for a remake of Santa's <laughs> Santa and Muscles. Uh, yeah, I mean this is three years after Cheers ended. She she was doing like it takes two. <laughs> like she's doing like uh, she's doing Olsen twin movies. Um, I don't remember who Leslie is. Oh, Leslie's the she's the love interest. She's the love interest slash. Um, 
orphanage proprietor? <laughs> uh, she's the orphanage meister. Yeah. And then Don Stark. The or- she's the orphan meister. And then Don Stark, who plays the neighbor in that 70s show, interestingly enough, with the Mila Kunis correction, um, he plays an elf who, I mean, we are going to talk about this plot. He is He plays the elf that is exploiting an amnesiac Hulk Hogan to convince him that he's Santa so that he can rip off his ATM card. Yes, because there's a very futuristic ATM card that requires not your thumbprints or anything, your thumbprints and the right Both. one. So that's another area of uh, area of opportunity, I would say, in this movie is. What are you doing? Is, is what are you that, doing? Like a a quarterly review? Yeah, I'm giving this movie the pace. I think I would put you as needs improvement. <laughs> uh. This fucking Don, this Don Stark performance is uh, he's constantly like mugging and trying to hide the fact that uh you know that that this guy this santa claus was blake thorne before the incident um i have to say you've you've not watched you've not watched falling for christmas yet have you watch what falling for christmas no lindsey lohan uh christmas film i haven't we put up our tree today and that's my start to watch christmas movies like you have the tree you have the movie i get in the vibes Mm mm-hmm um, Watching this I, without the tree was fine because I had no, there was no vibes. Yeah, I, I would have probably uh, torn were, down my tree and thrown it in the fucking. I was gonna say you're not, you're not sacrificing any vibes either. No. No. Um, but yeah, in the in the the hit Netflix film Falling for Christmas, starring Lindsay Lohan, um, she uh, falls and suffers a head wound. And uh, and is uh, rescued by the proprietor of a uh, resort, mm-hmm. um, who uh, is like, I don't know who you are, but you you work here now. Uh, <laughs> and I found it very funny that I that the two movies that I started off uh, the Christmas very similar were, were entirely about exploiting people with head wounds. I also want to note that the character that Hulk Hogan plays, as you noted. Uh, his name Blake Shelton, I believe, sexiest man alive. <laughs> Blake Blake Thorne. Blake Thorne. Yikes. Um Blake Thorne is one of the most famous people on the face of the earth. He has cereal boxes with his face and his likeness on him. The only few people have cereal. Like I think there was Michael Jordan cereal. Batman had cereal. Ninja Turtles had cereal. Um, Blake Thorne has cereal. Mister T has cereal. Um, Nobody knows that guy who, who hated is. jacking off had cereal. Who hated jacking off? Uh, Kellogg. Sorry, I, I didn't watch that History Channel special. <laughs> <laughs> they talked about which. Anyways, so he's one of the most famous people in the world. He has a giant mansion. He's known by name by, by a guru. Once he gets amnesia, no one knows who he is. To the point that there's a there's a point where. So Santa with muscles beats up some thugs and he lands front page of the news and the newspaper also doesn't know who he is. It has his picture on the front page and it just says Santa with muscles. And it's like, it, that's fucking like if like Arnold Schwarzenegger was caught with a Santa suit beating up some people and everyone's like, I don't know. Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't usually wear a Santa suit. Okay. So, it's- yeah, this, it's this, not but like Santa's got muscles. Yeah, okay, it's not like it's not like I don't know, like um, <clears throat> like a a, a ba- like Peter Thiel, let's say Peter Thiel gets amnesia and needs to be adopted by the residents of Palm Springs. 
Don't eat the Peter uh, it's, Thiel it's not, cereal. It's not like that because people don't know. Yes, people don't know who Peter Thiel is, unfortunately. They should, yeah. and they should villainize him the way we villainized the Koch brothers successfully, right? Um, yeah. But um, the, the you, you wouldn't know what he looks like. You might get confused. You might, like, even know his name. But if he doesn't know his own name, like, you might not make the connection. It would just be, like, a white guy, right? Um, who, who likes to talk a lot about children's blood. Um yeah. And Peter, Peter Thiel, like the, the same thing happens when Falling for Christmas, where it's like the daughter of the of the local like zillionaire who owns the resort goes literally like down a hill from where the resort is and nobody knows who the fuck she is. And it's like it's not just that the person is famous like around the world and would be had his yeah. like note like in newspapers. She's an Instagram influencer with yeah. millions of followers. It's not just that. It's that. That person lives in your town. And the th- way the shit works is when you live in a sleepy, boring town, you talk about all the weird yeah. local <laughs> the weird local people that make up the, the, the menagerie of oddness that is your town. Yeah. So and the only time – but I mean if Peter Thiel was caught in a Santa suit beating up some X-Men um, – and he was put on the front page of the paper. I think the newspaper would know it was Peter Thiel. <laughs> like, even if this orphanage, these people in the orphanage that are not adopted yet, um, yet, um, don't know. But here's the thing. the There's a point where he's almost found out as like, this isn't Santa or a weirdo. <laughs> Or a weirdo guy who we've just led into our house who thinks he's Santa, even though we've led, led to our orphanage around children, um, who thinks he's Santa. Um, he's just a man with an open head wound. Yeah. They, Don Stark or whatever, um, he notices that everyone's eating out of his cereal with his fucking face on it. And he goes and like, I'm going to eat all this cereal now. He dumps the whole thing on his pancakes and then crushes the box so that because he recycling is important. This entire orphanage was eating out of the box with with this guy's <laughs> face on. Like even if he hit it right there, they've presumably purchased the box of cereal, have put it on the table. It wasn't a full box of cereal. Presumably like, oh, we're picking this cereal because we know who this person is. It's like if I was eating cereal and I've been buying Frosted Flakes for a week and then fucking Tony the Tiger sits down and as long as Tony the Tiger's weird elf friend who's exploiting him crushed the box of Frosted Flakes, I would have no idea that he's uh, – that oh, this is just some other tiger I've never seen before. Not fucking Tony the Tiger. <laughs> like it's insane. Yeah. And Tony the Tiger, of course, in this situation, is bleeding out of his ears. Uh, his eyes are dilated. Uh, <laughs> and Tony, I'm like, you- sure, let's just let this tiger around all these children that we don't know. <laughs> Tony, what do you think of your breakfast? It's all right. <laughs> oh, see, the real Tony the Tiger would have said it's great. Yeah, that's all right. That's how I know. That's how I know that it's not him. It is, like, again, not to get cinema sins, but the level of, like, who gives a shit? that goes into this movie is so goddamn high. I mean, that's why it is like a Jeb Bush wet fantasy. It's like, they're going to trust me. I have a long long history in politics. And so I don't need to explain where my plans are coming from. I just need to write it down. I'm Jeb. Man, Jeb. He could could be our noble ruler right now. If only we chose dignity and respect 
and legacy um, legacy mm-hmm. if only we we had more legacy hires in the presidency and like the the quarter zips <laughs> quarter zips for one That's... it's like a little it's a little hot out but like there's a breeze coming in there's yeah, a breeze I mean, if, peter the thing is if you are or a, a hurricane state governor mm-hmm. you gotta be ready to show that you are a working person who's gonna roll up his sleeves gonna save people from floods quarter zips are what quarter sell zips. that message you got yeah because zips. you have to uh demonstrate that you have chest hair that it can uh help deflect oh, they're always the wearing shirts on collared shirts and ties underneath it but that mm-hmm. kind of hides it they're like i can't take off i can't take off my suit it's my source of my power but i can put a quarter zip over Looks like I'm ready yeah. for work. It is very funny when you see these rich guys pretend to be working class guys. Very, very funny. Um, I have a specific experience when I worked in Illinois politics um, because I worked in Illinois politics the year that Bruce Browner was elected, the governor oh, of yeah. Illinois for one yeah. term. Um, did, did you meet Jeb Bush? I did not meet Jeb Bush. Um, but uh, I did uh, suggest to Donald Trump that he should comment <laughs> on how Jeb Bush was looking a little lackadaisical that day. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, no, I when I met Bruce Rauner, um, I, and I found out this is what he does all the time, yeah. um, is that he had a image consultant, a PR guy, be like, yeah. you're not allowed to wear suits to any events unless you're going to a country club uh, yeah. or like, you know, Chicago Bankers Associations or whatever. Yeah. The people he actually hangs out with, right? Um if you are touring south of I-80, especially, you are wearing a Carhartt jacket, a Carhartt flannel, yeah. shitty jeans that don't fit you that well, and a uh, like a $40 watch. Yeah. And so, he would also do, which is very funny, he would have a bike, a uh, motorcycle, um, rolled off the back of a truck, like a block from events, and yeah. hop on his hog so he could ride the last block to the front of the event, um, people would fucking eat it up. These fucking <laughs> these <laughs> fucking maggots. <laughs> Do you ever think the the French in the 1790s had a lot of good ideas? Um, <laughs> and he won. He won. I mean, yeah. Well, people now want people that they can have a beer with. Peter, yeah. I like the you know, I like that Pritzker you know is like people you have beer with should lead your state. <laughs> I like that Pritzker now is like. Yeah, I'm rich as shit. You can't buy me. Yeah. Try. It'll be funny. <laughs> no, please. I am the Illinois governor. Please. <laughs> please try. It's that, a, time, it's a time-honored right. tradition. Yeah. I'd be offended if you didn't. Yeah, at least give it a whirl. Yeah. See how much money I'll, I'll do things for. Uh, uh, speaking of people I also don't want to have a beer with, Peter, do you want to talk more about what happens to this yeah. jacked-up Santa? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Great. That yeah. Why not?
Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to take us through the plot of Santa with muscles. Are you, Peter? Because here's the thing. Let's get through this. Let's just, okay. just, just get past this. Also, I'm looking at my notes. Uh, and I don't know if my brain shut off. I don't quite know how this movie ends. Uh, yeah, I, I gotcha. Good. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't know, like... I'm like, he probably adopted those kids, but did he? I don't remember what happens. They got he didn't adopt the kids? Listen. I, I did watch it. I swear on everything I own, which is not much. Not this time of year. You gotta give away to people less fortunate. Um Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Yeah, that's oh yeah, that's what inspired me. <laughs> and I gave most of it to your mother. Thank you. What I got, I gotta give it to your mother. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. Very nice. um, I hope she it. gives it back. We're getting into a weird area <laughs> that I am fine continuing, but I'm going to, for your own sake, I'm going to. But yeah, let me, let me, let me run through the plot let's, real quickly. Let's start. I am excited to learn how it ends because I yeah. legitimately don't remember. I remember them celebrating outside of the orphanage. Was that it? Am I forgetting something? So, Peter? okay. So let's start at the beginning. How does it start? So, the very best um, Hulk Hogan, distraught over his impending divorce, um, goes over to uh, Bubba the Love Sponge's house, um, where his wife is at. They're all having drinks when Bubba the Love Sponge proposes that maybe, just maybe, he can go shop for auto parts in the other room while Hulk Hogan bangs his wife. Um, We don't know, and it's kind of left up to interpretation. Hold hold on, hold on. For a second, I literally was like, do I not remember the beginning of this movie either? (laughs) Um, Until you said bang his wife. I'm like, fuck, I don't remember any of this, any of these things. (laughs) Oh, I watched the prologue. It was only only on the Well, it does just... So here's what's crazy. I think you watched on YouTube and I watched on Tubi where they got the tubes. Um... I watched it on X Hamster. Great. This is pornography for someone. No one we want to be associated with. Can't get to classy Pornhub or you porn. It's all X Hamster. Um, this movie just starts like it, it literally was like some some girls like now is the year of the orphan. I'm like, did I miss a beginning <laughs> to this movie? It it starts with. Not even like a pan before there's there's dialogue over like narrator dialogue of some kid who I don't think ever comes back or is probably one of the kids at the orphanage within a second of the movie starting. So I was like, man, maybe there was like a part that I missed because that's a weird way to start a movie. No, um, the movie begins with a grown man child, uh, Blake Thorne. Hold on. There is there is a. There is a quick pan to the orphanage and like 30 seconds of narration of like a child being like, Dear Jesus. I remember the Christmas when we thought we were going to be all alone at the orphanage until something amazing. Like there is that something amazing happened and then never comes back again. So there is there is a prologue that establishes uh, that a there's a small orphanage <clears throat> in Palm Springs. Um. And Palm Springs, uh, the cops now are only focused on traffic duties. Uh, the town is being terrorized by a Dr. Moreau-like figure um, who, who has a menagerie of weirdos that are just terrorizing the town. And small, small business owners. Yeah, small this, business this was, owners. This was written by Jim Bush. <laughs> 
Classic liberal and Bagley Jr. Yeah. Leftist, environmentalist, terrorizing <laughs> small small business owners. He's he hangs a shoe salesman upside down for a week. Uh yeah. Um so uh, let's 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 start where, let's do you start want to where start? we need to start. Uh Hulk Hogan is Blake Thorne, who's a he's like a man child brat who <clears throat> um is very selfish and he does all these like he begins military the, exercises. Yes. The movie begins and they do a fake out where they're like, Oh, this is him. He's like some sort of soldier who's um infiltr- infiltrating a drug dealer's compound. And he's fighting with like a chef and a gardener and the butler and they're all like using their garden implements. And then right when they're about to, you know, kill him, he calls time and he's like, man, and I'm getting I'm getting fat and lazy. And you find out this is his exercise is all of them uh, trying to. Well, not only his exercise, it's their exercise and he's timing them for how good they do. Yeah. Against him. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's so funny, though, he's supposed to be like a military guy because like he's um, (laughs) he sneaks out of the compound. He's Tony he, Robbins. Yes, yes. He's math. He's massive. He's wearing desert camo, but he's wearing like uh, loose, like army surplus uh, desert camo from the Gulf yeah. War. And it, well, that was it, our it, last. That was our last war. Though. It is in indi- our next war. It is indecipherable from a porno. <laughs> it is. I mean, it <laughs> like, looks like that too. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, yeah, it looks like a it looks like a cocaine mansion, right? Um, and he is abusing his help, but he's if also it walks like, like a duck. <laughs> talks like a duck. He, he is, yeah. Um, he is also having people dictate his rule. Does he call them his rules? Blake's what rule. And Blake, he, uh, Blake's rules. How and many are up we to up th- to? He's up. Yeah. How many are we up to? Yeah. Three. He's like at three sixty six, and then he takes a new one, and it's like the early bird gets the worm. Like all. Anytime his rules come up, they're generally already well-known aphorisms that he has taken and said, I guess, they're one of Blake's rules. There, there's nothing they, – they are. I mean, the the screenwriter really got lazy on this. He's like, I don't have to think of new aphorisms or sayings. I'm just going to take commonly known ones, and I guess in this universe, Blake Thorne came up with them. Yeah, apparently. Um, and, um, so Blake Thorne, uh, he has all these toys, like he has a Hummer and paintball guns and he's yeah. doing this like, uh, roughhousing. He's, he's, he's horsing around with his friends, but not on horses. On he's Hummers. definitely like, he is for sure in this movie an incel who is like, when you're not having sex, I think, because like, even though you are famous and you are, have muscles, Right now you're just you're just Blake with muscles. Eventually you'll be Santa with muscles. Right now just Blake with muscles. He is um, generally off-putting as a human being to look at. He's very strange to look at. It's it is from the era of the fake tan and the bleach blonde hair, and he's clearly like balding in a way that like is is kind of sad as opposed to normal and typical because he's supposed to be this like virile masculine figure. So instead yeah. it's like. Who who is this? Why am I looking at this I, I guy? Think n- I think not changing his mullet or his, I, I know this sounds stupid, but I mean Hulk Hogan is like not like you said. He's not a good actor. He's not. He's a, he's a he's a face. Like he is. He's an image, right? Yeah. Like the big yellow thing. The everything he had going on for him. He's like the was the all American California wrestler. That was his you know persona, and I think changing that look made it 
just it, it, uncomfortable to watch. And I honestly think if he would have kept it, I think I may have enjoyed this movie slightly more. Like, I, I, I mean, it's a haircut and a mustache cut, so it's not like I'm saying like. But but I think that I think that ruined it because he doesn't look like Hulk Hogan. He doesn't look like the Hollywood Hulkster, and he doesn't he looks look like well. nobody. He, do, he, he looks un- yeah. he looks he looks unwell. unwell. Yeah. He looks unwell. Uh, he looks very he looks very sluggish. He looks very jebbish the entire movie. Um, and he looks he looks gaunt. And I don't know if that's because he doesn't have a mullet or like he wasn't. Do they not know wrestling? how to do his makeup? Does he always? I, look I don't like know. That? Like, like I legitimately mean when I say like I don't know if it's just the 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 only time he's ever had this haircut and mustache cut. Is that what we call it? you call it a mustache cut? You get a mustache cut? <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. Um, that a trim? He, he, but he, he looks odd enough to be like he like is recovering from a, like a huge bout of pneumonia that almost killed him. Like that's <laughs> yes. what he looks like. And, yes. Which is not, I think, the vibe they were going for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I do wonder if like just bad photography, they didn't know how to shoot in broad daylight, which is, is yeah. tough. And the blonde hair plus the pale skin that he's, like, constantly co- overcompensating with, with uh, spray tans and shit. Yeah. Like, it's it's backfired. The lighting just doesn't know what to do anything with his face, and he doesn't know how to act to camera, so he just looks very un. He looks unnatural in his own skin. He looks uncomfortable yeah. and self-conscious to be in front of the camera. 100%. And it doesn't help that any one of his lines is, hey, take this down. And he just, like, is looking at no one and just, like... Saying these with like no emphasis, it's it's dirty work. So, anyways, this you're issue. Right. He's got he does, he's got a tape recorder. Note to self. Yeah, he's doing note to self stuff at this point. Norm Macdonald already been fired for Saturday Night Live, so like another stolen bit. You could go and do the Santa Claus thing where he becomes a magic man, but no. Instead, he drives. He's on a paintball adventure into the city. With I his, forget this fucking Humvee. Yeah. So, and, and then they're speeding, and this town has a heavy militarized police force that is still utterly, uh, utterly incompetent to take on the actual bad guys. It's, it's um. Yeah, I mean they're heavily vil- militarized as a joke, I think. But it is noting that, like, I mean they have an actual bazooka that comes yeah. in later. That doesn't feel that out of the realm of. <laughs> Like, history has been kind to how much weapons this police force has. This is a, 90, this is a 96 movie? Yeah. It's like, it's it's really only like six or seven years early. Right yeah. after 9-11, they were like, they're like, you want to swap team Palm Springs? I mean, again, this is not hurting our case that Jeb Bush secretly wrote this movie. Yeah. No, not at all. Not at all. Except uh, that they're mildly incompetent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh... Clint Howard, also a Christmas hero from a fellow Cursed Christmas movie, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, directed by his brother, Uh, 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 Ron Howard. uh, Ron Howard. Yeah, Ron Howard. Yeah. Uh, 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 the Clint. (laughs) 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 Coughing while I'm still recovering from the flu is not good. Or laughing. So, uh, Clint Torres enters the movie, and uh, he is just ready to chase Hulk down. Hulk goes into he thinks, it. Because he thinks they're terrorists. Because they're driving a Humvee, Humvee with, they've got guns. With paintball guns. Yeah. Uh, and, this and fucking Hulk's like, cop I grew recognize. up here. He comes like, I grew up here, 
I I used to hide in this mall all the time. Famous man in America feels like, and I live in your goddamn city, like a few blocks up the road. Feels like you should know who I am. Also, but they like, don't tracing license plates. Maybe I don't know. Um, but they, any effort, yeah, any effort. Um, and uh, he goes into a he shopping crashes. mall, and he just no, hold on, he crashes, and he and he jumps out of the car. He abandons he his friends. Leaves. He just abandons his well, his employees. I don't think they would consider him friends. Maybe he would, but um, he abandons his employees and like, oh shit, things. I mean, as they oh my god, be. you know what this reminds me of? Things got really out of hand, and he runs into the mall. You know to what this hide reminds me of? From the cops, what? Danny McBride and Righteous Gemstones. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just doing car pranks, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except that honestly. He was at no risk of being in trouble. Like he is a incredibly wealthy white celebrity. Yeah. Um, being chased by the dumbest police officer on the face of the earth, who once again doesn't know one of the most famous people in the entire country who lives in his town, he would have been fine. I don't know if abandoning your friends at the at the scene. But anyways, he goes and they're looking for a Santa Claus. They, did the Santa quit? I don't know. You just never a lot, there's a lot of concern about the fact that there's a Santa shortage, at least at this one moment. Yeah. There's got to be a prologue for why Zero the Santa Santa's. is late. Yeah. But he, he slips? How does uh, he get oh, he, He's in the Santa costume. Clint Howard sees him. Oh, he runs away. It, yeah. He runs up a, a chute, <coughs> and then he gets knocked down the chute by trash because it's a garbage chute. He hits yeah. his head, and then the elf is like, opens his wallet, trying to rob him, and then he's like, I'm going to be rich. And then oh, he starts right. to rouse, and he's like, uh, who am I? Which is what he's going to be for the entire movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> fucking, the, fucking the, 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 the elf is like, oh, now my job is to take care of you for the rest of the movie? Well, no, like, he says, oh, uh, I've been, instead of just like running away or saying, yeah, I don't know, man. And leaving, yeah. he says, you're Santa and you need to come to work with me. Now, here's where it gets very, like, I'm, I'm just not sure what this movie's going for. He tells this guy with who now has amnesia that he's Santa. He's dressed in a Santa outfit at a mall where he's clearly supposed to be the mall Santa. For some reason, Don, our elf who's trying to rob him. That's the actor's name. I don't care what this movie name is. She uh, tells him he's the real Santa. That's his bit. And, but he, this guy has amnesia. He's like, oh, you're the real Santa. And you have to come. Why did he just tell him he was a mall Santa? Why didn't he tell him literally anything on planet Earth? I mean, why did he You're my friend besides- Fred. I need to take you to the hospital. We need to get money out of the ATM for the hospital, Fred. Yeah. Fred Claus. <laughs> but why? Like, all of the pieces are in place to tell him you're our mall Santa and take <laughs> advantage of him that way. Why would you tell him he's the real Santa? And also, I know amnesia is basically like a fake movie thing. Not all the time, but most times. Dementia is really real. Amnesia is not so much. And doesn't really have like a real set of rules because it's like only kind of real. The idea that then you would be like, I guess I'm the real Santa and I have to do my mall shift. Like, <laughs> duh, I mean, it's just like, it's like, it's perplexing in a way that makes me very frustrated because I, 
this movie is like we don't care enough to even put a, a second of effort into deciding why this guy would tell him he's the real Santa. And then if he thinks – because at no point – like I, I could buy that movie too. You tell – that's kind of the plot of Santa Paws, right? Is that the real Santa gets amnesia. And in that case, they don't know he's Santa. But like there's hilarity in the fact that this guy sometimes does these magical things and all these things are happening because he's actually the real Santa. I think the reverse of that could have not uh, not been a good movie, but at least provided like this guy thinks he's the real Santa because he got amnesia and this guy lied to him and tried to rob. So he keeps trying to do things that the real Santa could do, like get to the North Pole or call his or like he steals reindeer from the zoo or like something that like a guy who's lost his memory that is convinced he's the real Santa would do. Like there is there is the potential for hijinks there. Instead. He's, he just tells me he's the real Santa, and then he's like, and you have to come to your mall shift because the Santa that we hired didn't show up today, so you're covering for him. And then he just goes about being a guy who has no memory, who tells people he's the real Santa in a Santa outfit. But now, never like he never is like, do I have to go to the North Pole? He at one point he says, how am I going to get there before? That's his only moment. He asked Don the elf, and he's like. When do I need to get to the North Pole for Christmas? And, he's, and Don's like, don't worry about it. And that's like the one moment of him like, well, I guess I'm Santa. Should I? I mean, it's it's Peter. Help me out here. It's so like. And it's it, well, it's like uh, it's like they, they feign at the idea of what you're talking about. Right. Like, yeah. oh, you're going to have to pretend to be Santa, even though you don't want to be. Which <coughs> I think most mall Santas are in that exact same position. Um, <laughs> um, but uh he and then immediately after that, it's like a walking tall thing. He's like, I have to take on the big town bullies. I'm also yeah. Santa, I guess. And then at various points in the movie, the kids are like, you don't even have to wear the fucking hat. So here's the part. I'm sure I missed it while my brain was melting. But um, so he then gets so the Ed Bagley Jr., the rich guy who's trying to buy up parts of the town, has his X-Men. They torture this shoe salesman to get him the deed. Here's what I don't. Quite. Here's where I'm not like even following this part of the plot. So then the X-Men go to the mall because they're trying to get the orphanage. Because I don't know why he needed the shoe store because it seemed like his, his plot wasn't to buy up the town like a rich evil developer like you kind of think he is at the beginning. No, instead in the basement of the orphanage there's a secret safe door in a vault that hides all the magic crystals. It's like a hat on top of a fucking tube. You know? like, um, so he, why did he need the shoe store? I, I have no idea. And then why does he go after Santa? Like why – like Santa hides out at the orphanage, which is where he's ultimately – like he, they run away and they end up at the orphanage. But he confronts the villains at the mall, the X-Men villains at the mall. The, the villains come to the mall and he like beats them up. Yeah, yeah. Um, he beats up. Uh, he also beats Garrett up two- Moore. Oh wait, hold on. No, he saves Garrett Morris. He saves Garrett Morris. Oh he no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. The guys come to the orphanage and and come and beat up Garrett Morris and steal the statue. That's the first time he starts fighting the bad guys. And they end at up the mall, out right out in front up. of the mall. Yeah, at the mall he at the mall he beats up. At the mall he beats up. Um, uh, two young ruffians who are trying to steal like the Salvation Army collection bowl. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, that, and that's how he gets his, his face in the newspaper, a Santa with muscles. Yes, yes. Um, and this those older middle-aged gentlemen beat up some kids at the mall. They're like, Santa with muscles? It's also so funny in these movies when people have to be super confident fighting Hulk Hogan. And in one of the shots, he literally has 12 inches on this guy. <laughs> Um, again, the movie is not particularly interested in having uh, vi- actual violence in it. Um, yeah. But, uh, okay, so, um, okay. regardless, we, we've got, uh, here's here's the thing, we don't need to go through every single plot detail. The entire point is the entire middle muddling part of the movie is Ed Bagley Jr. is trying to get the kids out of the orphanage, and Santa is sticking around in the orphanage, even as he realizes he's probably not. Well, no, Santa, so Santa does save Garrett Morris some kids. They go back. They go on a rescue. So, no, then they kid, the villains kidnap a kid, and they go on a rescue mission to 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 save the kidnapped kid, the kid that's like, no one ever adopts us because they're the, they're the remainder kids. They bring the kids on the rescue mission. They save the kid. They get him back to the orphanage. And then there's what you said. There's 30 minutes of just hanging around the orphanage while Dawn occasionally tries to figure out how to steal Hulk Hogan's thumbprint to go back to the mall ATM just to rob him. And like you mentioned, hat like hat on a hat. There's also an entire thing where for some reason, Egg Bagley Jr. has leverage over Don. And it's one of those things that like, do you ever, have you ever been watching a movie that's given you absolutely no fucking reason to pay attention? And you're just like, I already know this doesn't matter. So I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fucking bother. I think that's why, I think that's why I'm having trouble like, if it's like it's like if it's not in my notes, I am like as I'm trying to repiece the movies happen. that I that I watched three days ago, mind you, and like paid attention to, and I'm like, wait, like how does that? My brain is rejecting my memory of the plot <laughs> because it's going it's like well, that response. doesn't that makes no fucking sense. So that can't be what you what happened. Yeah, it's a trauma response. I think I think so, but yeah. Then there's thirty minutes like they're washing dishes. It is insane. They don't know these people. Don the elf, who they've never met, introduces him as the real Santa. And he's like, yep, I'm the real Santa. There's never a scene where anyone explains that he has amnesia or that they don't really know each other. And then Don's like, can we stay the night here? And they go, sure. Most of the kids already got adopted, so there's tons of rooms. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Robin Curtis and Garrett Morris. You should not be running an orphanage. <laughs> like, if two strange drifters, one of whom is trying to take advantage and rob the other one. I know you don't don't know that, but that's who you're letting into your house. You can't just be like, it's – normally it would not be okay for you to stay here because we'd have so many kids. But, you know, pre-Christmas, all the good ones got adopted. There's tons of open rooms. These kids, the losers, are going to be – like, honestly, if they die, if you are drifters that kill them, it's totally fine because no one wants them anyway. Yeah. Get a room. The state plays, pays us a flat rate. Um, yeah. All they know about all they know about this guy is that he likes to fight trucks. Yeah. I mean, they're they're very much like whatever. It's Christmas, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Good luck, kids. These two. One of them is a giant, eight foot tall man with muscles who just stares at walls. <laughs> Should you remember? I mean, this is a great horror movie too. Yeah, yeah. Except this you'd is- go, you'd go that like these people are not at the orphanage owners. I don't know. Uh, no one would think they're real. Like 
be like, it's stretching it. I mean, basically, this could be the setup for, like, a, a the guest type of movie, where yeah. act, the second act, they kill the villain, and then the third act, Hulk Hogan becomes the villain, because he's like, I'm all your dads now. Yeah. I am the Santa. And the Santa says, like, the Santa starts noticing that, like, people are being naughty, and he takes his job very seriously, so he's, like, starts taking their toys, and, you know, like, something that would be interesting could happen. Yeah, you know, you know uh, when you start fixing movies in your head? <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm sorry. Now, you might say, well, something interesting must happen in this movie. And on paper, it does because they discover there's a vault in the basement. They discover it's, there's a vault in the basement. Hey, do, did we find out what the crystals do? Um, Military weapons? I don't fucking know. They're full of energy. Um, so anyways, they open a room and we have entered a different type of movie at this point. This is a full on like MST3K level fantasy movie where yeah. like. Oh, actually, there's these magic crystals that, like, explode and are full of, like, electricity. And also, they're, like... In the orphanage, it's, like, the door that has a secret combination lock that these people have never opened, I don't think. They've somehow figured out three of the four combos. Yeah. It's a giant safe... Like, it's a bank vault door with a code, and they're just, like, running an orphanage on... on, Upstairs. (laughs) Like, What? Yeah, so like, ba- we don't go in that bank vault that's in our basement. Hopefully, there's there's a weird energy. Most of our kids do die of cancer. Yes, I don't know if it's related. <laughs> so okay, you know how many movies are like uh, they're like oh the third act happens and you know it could have happened in the first act. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> this is this is the prime example of that. Usually, the reason that it doesn't happen is because. Somebody needs to get extremely pissed off for like the third yeah. act to happen, right? Some the villain needs to be super confident or need, needs to be super pissed off or whatever for like the final attack on the good guys to happen. This is the example of the movie where I'm like, why didn't Ed Bagley Jr. do this shit before there was a Santa with muscles? Yeah, he's, he's, got he's just X-Men. fucking with him. He's, he's just like, I'm gonna steal your statue. Yeah. So yeah, they have evil X-Men. They could have done it a long time ago. Maybe they need them to figure out the vault door. Who knows? But anyways. So no, because Jr. their geode guy, their geography guy, the vault door, you are you are fixing this movie in your head. The vault door could be the reason why. And, and then the the elf gives away the, the, the that like, oh, I know how to get in that vault. Um, the geology oh, yeah, guy the doesn't was... get the code either. Yeah. He he digs around it. I It's just so exhausting. <laughs> It's it's exa- this is an exhausting. Experience. <laughs> it's exhausting. So anyways, I apologize for making you watch this. Uh, no, it's fine. It's ex- I mean, it is definitely cursed. I, I mean, I don't. There's cursed crystals. There's a basement full of cursed crystals, Peter. You were you were more right than you could have possibly <laughs> of how cursed this movie was. Um, the so the thing is, is that Ed Bagley Jr. is not just trying to get the vault and take the orphanage. He specifically wants to take control of the orphanage, which. In this movie means that if you take control of the orphanage, you also get the kids because mm-hmm. they're the orphan these, They're gonna need these orphans to to be their slaves to dig up all the crystals. They don't have another plan for the crystals. The ideal situation is that I take over the orphanage, I get the magic crystal safe room, and then I, as the deed owner of the orphanage, now own the kids to dig up my crystals. Here's the weird thing. So, I'm not yeah. sure... Get to the uh, weird thing. Everything I said was normal. Yeah, it's normal. Here's the weird thing. Do you know how mining works? I mean, you have a pickaxe. You find a... Mining sl- crystals? Just at anything. 
I don't literally know. Some of us aren't Earth. Elon Musk. We don't know how to take advantage of children <laughs> to dig up minerals, Peter. You find a specific mineral. You find a seam. You find a, a, a somebody finds it. You either buy the rights from when them you or find it yourself. And then, because as you're mining it, are you listening? Yeah, you're theoretically I'm making. Right at you. you're, you're theoretically making money off of that. You can yeah. pay workers. Yeah, a, a a day's wage. It may not be a fair day's wage. Miners are very exploited. That's why they're always pictured with coal on their face. Yeah, um, strike movies. Yes, they got the black lung and all that. Yeah, um, Blood Diamond. Have you seen that film? No. Leonardo DiCaprio is like, it's like I'm a. You come to me. You come to me with the blood diamond. <laughs> Is he doing an accent in that movie? Yeah, he's doing like you, a South African that... white guy accent. Oh, my God. Can't believe that movie didn't catch on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Leo's like, I spent six weeks in Johannesburg, motherfucker. I'm doing the accent. <laughs> so, let me explain this. So, so as you're that mining... Movie, I, I, I don't have to look it up. That movie's two hours and 40 minutes long. <laughs> so, as you're mining, you either take out a loan or spend your own capital to hire okay. workers. And then you've got... You're making money off of the mine. Yeah. Are you picking up on this? Yeah, I am. But I'm, I'm saying that this seems very complicated for by the orphanage where the kids are, kids become your slaves. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, the problem with, with the orphanage, orphanage plan is... The cops in this city, Peter? You're going to get away with it. You're going to get away with it any, any day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Not any, all of them. Every day of the week. Every day of the week. <laughs> Monday? You're going to get away with it. You just like Clint How- someone walks by with a Nerf gun, and that Clint Howard's like, I, I assume Al Qaeda's here. <laughs> Tuesday, Buffy's on. You're gonna yeah. get away with it. You're gonna get away with it. Would Buffy's on? That's a hit show in 1996, maybe. <laughs> I think maybe a little early. Was Dallas still on? <laughs> <laughs> the single guy probably was on. Uh, two guys, a girl, a pizza place, and a guy. I think that was 97. <laughs> Oof, you're early. Um, but, but Wings I mean, maybe still, but anyways, they're going to eventually kill all these children through, uh, exploitation of mine work. Well, the crystals do explode. How is so he paying the I X-Men? Think, I think that one, I mean, kids spill and drop things all the time. So I assume like the, the whole mine and these kids are gone day one. Yeah. Right. Cause they like, much oh, whoops. I dropped the exploding magic crystals, and because I'm not a trained miner, I'm a slave. <laughs> who if you recall the nature of our contract, <laughs> doesn't even have energy to keep going because someone stole all of my Blake Thorns. <laughs> <laughs> if we might return to the terms yeah. of my employment, let's say um, I'm a child. Also, at and, and Bailey <laughs> Jr. is a germaphobe and walks around in a hazmat suit. <laughs> I mean. If you're uh, like, tell me more, Aaron. Yeah, he did, well, no, he's actually he doesn't want to get sparkle long. There's there's no more there's no more to tell. There's That's there's it. nothing more to tell. The story. He's just a, ger- he's just a germaphobe. Yeah, he's a germaphobe. Um, <laughs> he's a germaphobe. <laughs> it means he sounds like other diseases. Like he has properties of uh, of his own uh, different disease, sparkle lung, as you call it. Um. So yeah, there's a confrontation at the house where everyone beats up each other, but not too hard. There's a runner throughout this movie where the orphans keep asking Blake uh, or Santa, I guess, because at this point he's Santa. I don't know when he transitions back to Blake, but um, I don't know where Santa begins and Blake ends. It's hard to this tell. This is Hulk on set. But they, it's uh, like our cosmic they, gumbo. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> um, but they uh, they ask him, and he's like, "I never knew my parents," and that connects Ooh. him to the orphans. You find out that he and fi- like Garrett Morris is finally like who knew who he was the whole time, which I guess makes maybe the situation slightly more safer. He's like, "I've been waiting for you to Blake. I've been waiting for you to realize." This is your home. You were an orphan here. And then you find out that Ed Bagley Jr.'s character was also an orphan at the orphanage, which is why he knows about the crystal mining situation that, like, that he needed to get back to. And him and Hulk Hogan were rivals when they were kids. And Hulk Hogan was best friends and in love with the head of the orphanage when they were children. Yeah. They were both. They were both in love with the. Yeah, that was part of the competition, I guess. Yeah, that's Um, why they didn't like each other. And uh, so Ed. So, anyways, uh, him. He confronts all these guys. Anyways, they 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 shock the guy. Yeah, the the guy with the I forget what the other two powers are. The electric fingers takes most of the headlines. Uh, Santa with electric fingers would be the newspaper headline in this town. Um, But he dies through. Hydration. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, another one gets locked in a freezer. Yep. Um, who who else is among the henchies? Um, a gas and bag guy. Like an, yeah, I mean, some of them are just like, you know, like fucking Mister Burns twiddling their fingers, like what do you like with with bad haircuts? Yeah. It's uh, and then he. It's when not even think, that original. When, when you think there's going to be like a fight. Um, like there's a guy who's doing the big like uh, you know, all the kung fu noises. It's a white guy doing kung fu noises. It's really embarrassing. Um, uh, Hulk maybe just he, hit, maybe he hits him with a bench. South Africa. He just seesaws him. <laughs> he just grew. <laughs> yeah, there. He's uh, he's uh, in die Antwerp. Yeah. Um, but he uh, he one of the henchies. He uh, hits him with a bench, like teeter totter thing, seesaw thing. It's very boring. Anyway, so all of them are uh, incapacitated. Um, they and then he. I think like they just run around a house and everything's badly lit and like they can't even come up with like good Home Alone pranks. It's just like people bumping into cupboards and shit. It is like it is it is challenging your brain to pay attention. It's challenging your brain to give a shit. Um, but yeah, so they uh, they get down to the basement and Ed Bagley Jr. and Hulk have a sword fight with a gem with two gems. Um, one of the gems falls down, which causes a big explosion, blows up the orphanage. Everybody gets out and survives because this is like a kid kids movie. Yeah. Um, they don't even do the Jafar thing where he like falls down a well into the abyss and. Well, except the guy locked in the freezer, right? He he is seen at the end. He somehow gets oh. out. Somebody is like, well, oh. you know, the thing is, if you're in a freezer and there's an explosion, the the cold and the heat cancel each other. Oh, they do, they do. Yeah. Um, science, yeah. Ed it, Bagley Junior's character would know that because he is a scientist. If we didn't mention it, um, that is how the Shining book ends. <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't think they cancel each other out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He freezes in the animal maze, and then uh, the overlook Ooh, explodes. Spoiler. And then uh, it, it thaws, and then he's like super powered. He's like a super Jack Torrance. That book, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this is the actual ending. So I did, in one, fact, spoil one you. Ha- one is heat. <laughs> one is ice. <laughs> na, na, there's a there's na, a na, I talk about. Na, na. There's a great documentary about the history of Stephen King movies that has a ton of interviews with Stephen King, and like they spend twenty minutes on The Shining because, of course, like. 
if you're making a documentary about Stephen King movies, the funniest thing to do is just to let him talk about how much he hates The Shining for long. Like, he talks about all, they talk about, like, you know, I think Thinner was a fun B-movie, and, like, it's, it wasn't the greatest special effects, and I pictured it differently in my head, but, you know, it's it's just, I, I like the way they did this part, and then for The Shining, he's like, this piece of shit, I hated somebody, he just, you know, just goes on and on about, uh, but that I just remember that where he's like, so that was the difference between Kubrick and me. He fundamentally thought it should end in ice, and I thought, this is a movie about a passionate man should end in fire. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's definitely that's definitely the problem for sure. Um, he picked the wrong element. Uh, I would love. I, I want to know how we would do this. I would love to do a podcast episode where we just go through all the different interviews of Stephen King talking about The Shining because it's <laughs> it's a never ending source of joy for me. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 truly a joy because he's he's eternally wrong. Um, <laughs> well, he is just a generally like amiable, great presence, and then his like bitter hate for one of the best movies of all time is wonderful. Um, I want to I want to note one thing in this movie that also makes me laugh in, in a very Santa Paws way. Um, do you remember in Santa Paws? You're like <laughs> little orphan is talking about her parents, and she's like, "They didn't make it." Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> How could I forget that? No, I mean the kids in this movie are like sad movie orphans. Like they're like nobody wants us. We don't know our parents. It is. It's like so depressing. This movie, uh, so there's a scene where Hulk finds a little girl, the lead little girl, I guess, um, singing a made-up song in the. I think it's a made-up oh, song. Yeah, he can't in, get rights in, for songs in the church, the muscles, but. and it sounds precisely like when I'm like hungover or delirious in some way, or, or I haven't slept well, and I'm loving on my dog, and I'm just singing a random song. I'm like, yeah. you're the best dog in the world. Like doing that shit. Like, it yeah. sounds exactly like that. It's a song, I believe it's called Angel Baby. Um, <laughs> yeah. They released, they released it on the soundtrack, which sold 11 copies. <laughs> and there's a really great point where she's like, you know the words, don't you, Hulk? And then he sings along with her for a little bit. And the camera pans up to stained glass windows, and they're lighting up. And she says, when the light windows light up, that means my parents are here. <laughs> And then remember she, that part. And then she goes. And then she goes like, "Angel baby." <laughs> she hits a high note as it's looking at the stained glass windows tinkling. <laughs> I remember the singing. I missed the parent line, and now I do want to rewatch the whole movie <laughs> because I think I missed the best part. I didn't like recognize what was happening. The There's a non-zero percent chance. So yeah, again, we're not recommending this movie. I do recommend the Everything Is Terrible Hol uh, holiday special. Um, non-zero percent chance that that exact shot is in the holiday special. I just don't remember. Well, I'm, I, I, that's actually one of the things I'm most looking forward to rewatching this year. So <laughs> they have to they have to have like at least 15 minutes of that movie from this, right? I mean, this and that Ninja Turtle Christmas special. Deck the halls with pepperoni. <laughs> I need to watch that. That's on YouTube, right? Yeah, it's good. Uh, I mean, it's good. <coughs> it's good for what it is and what you'll how you'll enjoy it. Um, yeah. So, what happens at the end? Do they do they move into the mansion? Uh, yeah. So they move into the maniac mansion. Um, yeah. I believe at the end, Hulk either buys them an orphanage or he, they everybody moves in with him. His house is an orphanage now. <coughs> um, 
He's got a lot of servants, no crystals. I feel like he's been through a lot in the past week. Maybe taking on this responsibility is a, is a sign of impulsiveness caused by trauma to the brain. Yeah. I mean, at some point, Don just like, hey, I've been trying to rob you the whole time. He's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Brother. <laughs> Aren't we all? I think he says something like, we're all right, brother. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, we're... We're just a couple messed up kids in a crazy world where I might be Santa. <laughs> You'll always nothing, be my muchacho. Nothing, nothing makes sense, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm going to make it to New Year's if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> I got a gallon of moonshine in my basement under a safe and I, I think after this week I'm going to drink most of it. <laughs> I'm going to play those I'm like military games. <laughs> with all my my servants uh and, and, and now that i got these kids living here i mean they're gonna join in probably it's it's i mean we're it, you, you've heard it david crash <laughs> anyway this is definitely gonna be a compound situation anyways do you have like a coppery aluminum taste in your mouth <laughs> we just spent a lot of time thanks to all those crystals, brother. <laughs> Boy, I think I see the face of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I've got the sparkle along. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to make it to, to New Year's. Not going to make it to, 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 to the New Year's. <laughs> I'm, go I'm going as I finish that sentence. <laughs> the problem uh, is to really give the Hulk Hogan vibe, we'd have to give 10 second pauses in between each thing that we said to each other. We can do that like, in post, right? Yeah, we just add silence as opposed <laughs> to remove it. <laughs> just just like, hey, Aaron, so what's, what what end thoughts of this movie? Well... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm in a movie. <laughs> I think it was pretty bad. Uh, yeah, this movie's terrible. Yeah, like, yeah we don't is, get to I mean, bad fairness, very like, often on the show. And I did feel a little bit out of my element not being able to say even one nice thing. Um, it's been a while since we've watched a movie that I've like firmly, <sighs> firmly like uh, disliked on the show this much. Um Maybe it was cursed. Yeah, Christmas and I, last I just year? like it more for like not going for it. Like it should have. Like I, I would have been fine with bad. Like we do enjoy. Like we're doing cursed Christmas. Like the the point of it is is that we're trying to get enjoyment from the onslaught of generic and boring or insane holiday movies that they release. And this is just yeah. The like, goal it's is so boring. Yeah, the goal is also for this month, right? It's similar. I mean, to last year, we said a lot of nice things about Christmas with the Cranks. We may be one of the only podcasts that has done that. Um, I don't think we said a lot. I but, think we said <clears throat> some nice things. Yeah, I think mixed. I, I mean, this movie is is like half as good as Mixed Nuts, and I did not like Mixed Nuts very much. Um, yeah, but uh, Mixed Nuts, I had. A, a plenty of nice things to say about it's you not still get watchable. To see Steve Martin. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of, of of like very sweet little moments in in a very awful, mostly unwatchable movie. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but with with this, the goal the goal is also like, hey, this is a bad movie, <coughs> but does it at least scratch some sort of holiday itch? Is it inventive with yeah. the Santa mythos? Uh, is it uh, does it have does, some like picturesque holiday scenes like you know Santa with muscles with reindeer and a big sleigh and snow and it's like no it's just him in a hallway in a house does it con and he take he takes off the beard even he's like it got pretty itchy brother 
And this kid's like, he's like, I can put it back on if it makes you think I'm more Santa. <laughs> they're like, nah, no, we get it, bud. I'm but shocked that the director let him take the, the, the beard off because the beard would be a really great way to hide ADR lines. I mean, he takes it off immediately and then just never has it back on. They eventually do make him the sleeveless Santa because you got to show off the guns. Yeah, Mila Kunis is with Taylor. Yeah, he is the Santa with muscles. Yeah, unfortunately, they were already slaves before Ed Bigley Jr. <laughs> Make this guy a shirt. Yeah, she was she was operating a sweatshop, and then she was being transitioned into a miner. It was sort of an apprenticeship program. <laughs> yeah, look, whatever jobs need to get done around the house. <laughs> you're making clothes for a weird hobo Santa that lives with us, or you're digging in the mines, <laughs> brother. So Santa Paws last year didn't give me any uh, Christmas Christmas joy or Christmas what? vibes. Um, oh but, my god! But Santa it, Paws is one of the best movies of all. But time. it gave me the general joy of yeah. of uh, watching something that was incompetent beyond incompetent and, and almost diabolically. That movie is amazing. Diabolically not, incompetent. Yeah. Um, in a way that like is 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 they throw the dog sharp. in an oven. Yes, kids are just watching the the dog, the corpse of a dog, go through. I mean, it's not that implied. Is, There's that a shot is, of it. Yeah, I that comes up on my time hop every year around the holiday season because <laughs> I could not believe what I was seeing. It's just a corpse of a dog surrounded by fire while kids are screaming that you're killing the dog. I mean, it's Santa Santa Paws really is the gift that keeps on giving and this movie had the potential to go down that route like again not to keep going back to how to fix it but like make him actually think he's santa and how stupid that is and like what is this big dumb ape going to do if he thinks he's santa and it's just he's gonna sit and calmly eat breakfast I mean, ooh, so glad we got Hulk Hogan for that. Yeah, there's like one it's joke t- about there's one joke about how this Santa doesn't eat like uh, junk food. There's like he like doesn't want to eat a cookie. Peter, um, I can't. like I can't. it's it, it, yeah. So there's there, it's a, there's a failure of purpose here. There's also a failure of joy. But I did have fun talking with it, uh, talking uh, about yeah. this movie with you. Yeah, um, and I'm glad that like. My brain decided to make plot points that didn't happen or erase other plot points just because it it knew poison. Like, the thing about poison is that your body needs to reject it. And my body was rejecting a lot of this movie. And I'm glad I made it out safely. I'm glad we were able to extract most of it while understand its cause and the cure and everything else. And I'm excited next week to talk about something a little less problematic with a little bit much of a, a little bit less of a sex pest. Because uh, Hulk Hogan, we talk about is kind of a sex, but a lot of accusations about a terrible human being, just a complete giant hunk of garbage. Uh, thankfully, we get to move into something a little more wholesome. Fred Claus, starring Vince Fong, and of course, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Hey, baby, I've got something for you, and I want to tell you, but you'll have to wait. Thank you so much for listening to We Love to Watch. 
If you made it to the end, hopefully you liked what you heard today. And if you'd like to hear more, please go to patreon.com slash we love to watch. And if you can chip in a few bucks, that would really help us keep the lights on and keep us moving forward. Uh, it wasn't an implicit threat by Peter. He just didn't know how to say it. But either way, we'll continue to make more. But it would be helpful uh, as we explain to our loved ones where all our money is going, which is all on server space. Uh, <laughs> if you can't, <laughs> uh, if you don't have a few bucks to chip in, we totally understand. And you want to support the show. We truly, absolutely would appreciate a uh, review on iTunes. I know every podcast says it, and it's because it really does help. And so every podcast wants that help. So please go leave us a positive review so that when people find this show organically, they hopefully want to tune in and listen. And thanks again for all of your listenership and support and time throughout the years. Uh, We really do appreciate you. Uh, With kisses and smooches, Peter and Aaron. (laughs) 